to the Ocean Water Podcast. I have my good friend, Ed Love, on here today. Actually, it's Dr. Ed Love. He doesn't really roll like that, but I'll throw that out. And uh, so Ed has, uh, Ed has planted a church that has planted churches and helped architect a relational network of church planting churches called the Greenhouse Network. That went really, really well. And uh, so well that Ed has been asked now to help other people uh, with their with starting churches and starting church planting and putting together church planting networks. And Ed uh, is the uh, national planting director for the Wesleyan Church, and just a wonderful guy. I got to know you, Ed, uh, about a year ago, and you actually have visited Ocean Water. So, yeah, yeah. That was uh, wonderful. The night you came, uh, we we were meeting in an under construction coffee place. It's done now, so the next time you see it, oh, awesome. Place, but yeah, so oh, I loved it, man. <laughs> loved it. It was a great time, and so good to be with you here today on this podcast. Yeah, we're at the beach today. This is fun. We got our we got our background. <laughs> this is. I just want to say thank you for, for taking some time to chat today. So, so, uh, so Ed, when you're when you're at home these days, we've spent a lot of time at home. Some of us venture out and get a meal here and there, and and when you do, where do you uh, where do you like to go, and what do you like to get? The hometown meal, you know. Uh, well, my I live in a pretty small town, like ultra small. Like there's only one restaurant in the town. So I only have one option. Now I could go into a bigger city, you know, and uh, get whatever I wanted. But uh, at in our town, in Gaston, Indiana, uh, the place to go is Mill Street Inn. And so uh, my go-to there, this might sound a little weird, but um, my go-to is a grilled cheese, grilled ham and cheese. And it's with that real salty kind of country ham. So good. And uh, tomato soup. That's my go-to. So. Sounds pretty tasty. I'm, I'm very <laughs> hungry right now, so everything sounds good. Uh -huh. Awesome. So, so what do you, Ed, what are you doing these days and, and how did you get into it? Yeah, well, I oversee uh, church planning and multiplication for the Wesleyan Church and uh, the organization that we have that kind of uh, uh, holds all of our uh, church planning systems is called the Church Multiplication Collective. And so I bring direction to that organization and which helps serve church planters and multiplying church leaders so those would be like churches that are planting churches and sending people out uh exactly what you're up to and so we try to serve uh those uh leaders the best we can and help them with all kinds of resourcing and coaching and training and assessing and a lot of fun stuff um it really feels like we're on the the front lines, you know, of, of the, the kingdom work and uh, getting to see new things start yeah. uh, super exciting. Like I, I love starting new things. I got that entrepreneurial edge and uh, which I think is, you know, why God ended up using me in the church planting realm, starting new churches. Uh, but uh, I just, I love seeing it start up. I love the work that you're doing. Seeing that start up was just incredible. And uh, actually, when I got to be there uh, in that uh, space, it was what, Taco Tuesday, you called it, right? Yeah. It was the, the church gathering. 
and uh, we're eating tacos in this like like the the building's being renovated I think while we're there there's like tools sitting out and drywall mud and and we're in there gathering and worshiping and uh, just uh, uh, it just was uh, incredible experience and you know because that's the, that's the way a startup is you know it's it's kind of it's raw it's rough and it's not meant to be well polished and uh, that's kind of the the cool part of it I think so and and to know like God's using it I kid you not when I'm I, I don't remember who it was but I was talking to someone out on the street and they're like they had just started reading the book of Acts and they're like, man, this church just feels like the book of Acts. And I was like, that is a cool description of a new church. That's the way it should be. Right. So pretty sweet. Oh, thanks, Ed. Yeah, that was a really fun night. And uh, that was fun for us to, to meet, to meet in that space. Um, there's, there's a whole backstory there, but a guy who's like my brother, uh, he's actually on our advisory uh, team for, for Ocean Water. His name's Mark Bell. And him and my, him and my other friend, they, they built that together and they, they allow us to, to meet there for free. So it's just, ni- and, and so just nice to be a part of that journey and, and allowing things to be messy and dirty. And that's all part of the, the startup grind. And you, yeah. You kind of lean into that, and uh, it was just nice to, really nice to share that that night with you. That was a really cool experience. Um, one of the things that, that's fun to do, um, Ed, we're around, I think we're around the same age. If, if current Ed could talk to, like, you know, 20-year-old Ed, you know, what are some things he might have said? <laughs> like, like, oh, goodness. <laughs> start it out. What are some things you wish you'd known? when you started out, maybe some, some ways you changed. <laughs> what I would have said to myself 20 years ago, <laughs> yeah, fact, it's about a straight 20 years when I started like full-time ministry. Um, I would have said, Ed, you know, nothing. <laughs> so don't act like you do. <laughs> uh, which, you know, which seriously, uh, when I first began, uh, ministry and the kind of the the lifestyle that I lead, uh, I I probably did come across a little bit prideful, mm. and um, I I wasn't married yet, and um, when I kind of when I was I got married pretty young, so I was like twenty two when I got married, and in the kind of the engagement time period uh emily my wife we started doing like premarital counseling right and kind of getting ready for marriage kind of doing everything right you know and uh it was there that i realized very quickly because emily and i started button heads and it was like ooh, there's some stuff going on here and what i quickly discovered and it was pointed out to me uh by our lovely counselor who i thought was on my side Um, but he just looked at me one day. He's this old guy. He's got plenty of credibility with me. And he's just like, Ed, you're prideful. (laughs) And that was it. I was like, Oh, you serious? And I hadn't seen it until I entered into that relationship. But then that was also evident in other areas of my life. 
where, you know, I just kind of had that know-it-all attitude or, you know, just kind of my way is the best way. And, uh, and I didn't really respect those who had gone before me. And so I entered, entered, entered into ministry with a little bit of that edge and quickly, uh, it was revealed to me, uh, not, not going to be good if you keep that and you got to let God refine those edges on you and really just humble you to the point where, uh, you really, you know, recognize, uh, how finite you are and uh recognize that uh you know god's using all kinds of other people too in addition to you <laughs> that have different ways of thinking different cultures different uh backgrounds and uh so be mindful of that be open to uh entering into other people's worlds with humility and learning from them because you've got a lot to learn and so I'd say that has been true all through the years. And I still want to keep those who I'm working with. Um, it's difficult now because sometimes like people, you know, I'm in a, a role now where people will want to come to me and they're like, Ed, I want to know this stuff. Like teach me, tell me. Right. And so I've kind of got that teaching side of me that is helpful to people, I think. But uh you know, just being around people. I think that's what you learn through the years. It's just, uh, you know, people are most attracted to people that are humble, you know, <laughs> like, like you want to be around those people and, uh, you know, you just see God kind of move through that type of leadership. That's what Jesus modeled for us. And so I'm striving for that still. And, uh, always, learning and uh, really excited. I love learning from you. It's fun. Oh, I love so. learning from you. I love learning. I love learning all the time. It's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's fun to, to, it's fun to learn. I just, I love reading and, and I, that's the best thing that happened to me when I first went to college was I just really started to like reading and really love reading. Now, me too. Yeah. It's, that was the best thing that happened. Yeah. I can't like look back on a course or whatever, but at some point the switch flipped and I just love to read it's, yeah. it's fun to learn I hated reading in like high school and yeah, my younger years <laughs> but then like something happened I was like I'm I want to get exposed I want to uh know how the world works you know and yeah it's it's, so it's good it kind of um yeah it's funny too you kind of alluded to something about about like don't about joking about how we're, we're prideful it's like the, the older that I get it's like the more embarrassed I I am of how I was when I was younger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, I think, yeah, that's. But I was, it's embarrassing in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and I think it's human nature. We see it, you know, the older you get, you kind of get maybe stuck in your ways or, you know, just kind of um, less open to new things. Yeah. And I want to push against that. And so always uh just you know remaining open to what god is doing and seeing the new things that he's doing in the new ways that he's doing it that's what's cool right now it is cool in fact kind of like trails into a, into our next little little thought is like so much of being uh 
keeping life interesting is just being curious and yeah. one of the favorite things to ask is there's no way to answer this except for what's bump, bumping around. But what are you, what are you really curious about these days? What's really making life interesting? Well, I'm curious about ocean water. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I think this would be what I'm curious about. You would be part of that, but I'm curious about the new forms of churches that God is using in the world today and these new startup ventures. One Example would be like ocean water. It's, it's a little bit different. And, you know, um, you know, what is God doing in this time period? Even what will the church look like post COVID, <laughs> right? As we go through this pandemic, um, how is that going to shape the texture of church you know, in the future. And so I'm, I think I'm really curious about that. I'm also curious about like, I'm not really just excited about, you know, new churches doing new church things and new styles because it's a kind of a fad or a trending thing. Um, or just cause they want to do something new. I want to actually know uh, or what I guess I would wonder is, are the new forms actually making a difference in the world? And maybe not even that might be not the best way to put it. Um, not just making a difference, but making a different world. Mm-hmm. And is God raising up a new missionary for a new age that is actually uh, expressing uh, the potential that Jesus originally wanted in the church to not just make a difference in the world, not to just to make it like a little bit better or nicer, but actually, are we, are we actually contributing to making it a new world, the new heaven, the new creation, uh, with Christ as King. And that's what I, I'm uh, really curious about. So I'm hopeful. Yeah, me too. I, I sort of, um, I sort of backed into what, to what I'm doing now in a, in a weird way. I, I, um, I, I was serving at a at Saddleback Church because of um, a guy that I've known for 30, that I've served with for 30 years now. I've served with him since I was 16. Mm-hmm. Kurt, he's been with, he's been with uh, Rick for, for uh, 25 years. And, and, uh, real loyal, wonderful, humble man. And uh, he, he invited me to be, to be on staff there. And that was a wonderful experience. And towards the end of my time there, I became really interested in the ability uh, to, to scale mm-hmm. uh, the church, uh, the ability to, to multiply the church. And I really started looking at cost. And it's not something that that uh, people talk about a whole lot. But I knew from being on staff uh, that it cost uh, $1.2 million to start a new Saddleback campus. And actually the real number was $2 million from the time that they pick a site wow. and uh, put the staff in and, and fund it. That's a beautiful thing. I, I don't, <laughs> I believe, no, I believe every way that somebody is trying to follow Jesus is, is wonderful as far as uh, 
intentions when we get to heaven. God, God measures. Right. That's why he's the judge. And we're not because he always looks at people's motives. That's a hard thing to get at from the outside. That's why we're not supposed to get at it. <laughs> yep. but, my, but my thinking was, well, what if you're, what if you don't have $1.2 million? Is there, is there a space to, uh, and then, and then a lot of the, a lot of the uh, suburban and urban models, they sort of scale down the cost. They'll start, it's kind of an unsaid, it's kind of not talked about a lot, but if you looked at different ways of doing things, a lot of it has to do with funding. So there's like the, in that case, uh, costs a million dollars and then it can come down from there. And, um, I became very, very interested in what would it look like if we could uh, scale for free? Because uh, one of the things I also learned in doing a little bit of research was usually you can scale the second one at half the cost of the first one. Mm. So, but what if we could figure out a way to have a really great, uh, really great culture and, and scale for free? Now, I'm incredibly interested in, in, in cultural side of things. And I sort of backed into that as well because I just really like, I'm a small beach town person. I like, uh, actually like a small town like the one you live in. That's really what I, what I enjoy. I like small towns. I like small beach towns. I like where everybody knows each other. I, I like rural areas. Um, I've also surfed, I've also surfed my, my entire life and I really like the culture of surfing. I really like being in the water and everything that, that goes along with that. And I, I really saw the, the, the culture that I grew up in as so attractive and so fun to be a part of. And, and how, come, how come the activities that I enjoy, like surfing and riding my motorcycle and a bicycle and those types of things are so fun to be a part of? And that never really translated over into how I think about the culture of uh, of, of the churches that I had been a part of. So mm -hmm. there were a few things going on with me that I hope I'm kind of getting to your question a little bit of, of how I sort of stumbled into this. Part of it was my experience uh, being taught uh, at, at Saddleback. That was a beautiful thing. And some of the stuff that was going on in my heart culturally, some of the way that I'm wired, also some of the stuff going on with, with, with public health. And uh, just, I've only been doing this a year, but I'm really, um, interested and curious about um, how to scale for free, how to, how to keep that. That's much, that sounds new. It's, it's really not. It's, it's really, if you just, if you, it's like you love to learn and read really, if you just go back about 200 years, this is, this is what we had. We just had, right. we had really, we had a really relational, really, a really good culture and the church spread that way. So it's only been in the last, hundred or 200 years that that's changed where, um, well, and it's a, yeah. the version of church that you're talking about that we created, it's a cultural expression of church, yeah. uh, relatively recent, you know, that requires a building requires a staff structure requires, I mean, all that's all really new and, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's where it, breaks down the scalability. Yeah. Uh, but that's something that we created. So if, exactly. <laughs> if we created that, yeah. uh, we can actually uncreate it yeah. <laughs> and, and create a new structure yeah. like you're talking about. 
and there's some great examples, you know, even you look back in the Wesleyan revivals and, uh, you know, not just John Wesley or Francis Asbury that were kind of like the leaders of those, the revival movements. But if you actually look at the, the pioneers that were sent out and read some of their stories mm-hmm. of the way that these new churches were started. I mean, you're, you're talking, these were farmers and coal miners and yeah, I mean, it was a, a, a different breed of pastor, you know, and they weren't a professional class, not well educated uh, right away. And, uh, and they were the ones that were doing the, the work of evangelism and discipleship and starting new churches and uh and sometimes at great cost yeah i i uh, but, I, uh, I agree went for one, of the, one of the things i no one was paying them to do it what's that yeah no one was paying them to do it either you know it was just like they felt the calling and they went i love that yeah and it, exactly and and all the ways are all the ways are great uh, it, one of the things we learn mm-hmm. as a leader is someone doesn't have to be wrong for us to be right. Right. <laughs> and and uh, it's, it, you know, it, there are a lot of people doing beautiful work in a lot of different beautiful ways. But, but there's also a practical reason for why I, am, I feel so strongly about this. And it's because when we talk about helping people get uh, water from the ocean, when we talk about using a platform that turns ocean water into drinking water when you go to these sites there's 108 countries in the world that have um, direct water access to the ocean and when you go to these sites these are these are places with uh, uh, 100 200 300 people uh, they're they're on the they're in the bottom um, 20 percent of of income earnings across the world they're mostly poor Uh, there's no you have to have something that that can scale there for free or you'll never have anything so mm-hmm. what was kind of what was kind of going on in my heart also matched well the the entry points for for water and so i just that sort of just started to click and, and i'm still learning and it, it's yeah. always fun when you talk about how you got where you where you are and sometimes it's like a zigzag you're like (laughs) (laughs) or my friend talks about the beautiful squiggly line you know where it's just kind of and a lot of times it 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 feels like that as as a as a follower of jesus as a disciple um oh absolutely what's something that that you have that you have failed at recently that you'd like to talk about (laughs) recently well (laughs) <laughs> yesterday <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, uh, parenting is always a, a struggle I uh, feel like you know we're always uh, failing in that realm I think um, a big kind of uh, block of my life I, I did go through uh, burnout and uh, and that was while I was planting a church and we did a big building campaign. <laughs> we did all the things that it would take, right, to to build up that style of church. Yep. And it took a toll on me. Yeah. And I didn't have good boundaries in the first place. 
I'm, I was pretty much a workaholic for other reasons. Um, yeah. I had, I was trying to prove myself. Yeah. Uh, and, and that all just kind of led to this workaholic spirit that ended up burning me out. And, you know, I know it ended up uh, taking uh, my wife in the middle of an argument, uh, a heated argument. Uh, it took her basically just, um, she said the words, I want the old Ed back. And I didn't know where I'd gone. And it was a realization though, at that point, like something is completely different here. Like I am a different person. And the path to discovering that uh, was probably, you know, one of my uh, uh, greatest growth places in my life. Cause it was there I found my identity in Christ alone. Uh, I discovered that I didn't need any sort of success to kind of build up my ego, you know, in the world's eyes or the church world's eyes. You know, I didn't need any of that uh, to uh, sustain myself or even give me that drive, that motivation uh, to advance the kingdom. And so I think that was, you know, where uh, God met me and healed me in the middle of that. But I'd say like that was in the middle of a, everything was failing. Like, you know, my life uh, really felt like it was collapsing. The first time I'd, you know, really been depressed, sleep deprived, anxious, nonstop. And I couldn't explain why until, you know, it took some actual medical examination uh, to uh, kind of diagnose myself and realize uh, something had happened in my brain that I couldn't have, uh, I could have controlled it, but I couldn't, I couldn't at that time, I couldn't get out of it. I was stuck. And uh, uh, yet uh, thankful. I tried quitting ministry and everything. I, uh, I actually put my resume in to be a, a gas station manager at a shell gas station and I didn't get the job. And I mean, that's how bad I just wanted out. I was just like, I just wanted, I want a different life. And, you know, I'm thankful that I had a good group of people around me, supported me and encouraged me to, you know, kind of move through the healing process. And I did. And uh, God met me, healed me, made me new again. It was like I was reborn all over again. And so it's just a beautiful thing. So I, I don't know. I, I do think about failure as um, I wrote a book called Fear Not. And one of the chapters is on failure. And that is probably the best chapter or the most read one because everybody experiences it. You know, like you, you don't do everything right the first time, especially. And yet that I think that's the very thing that God uses if we allow him to. Uh, he, that's the very thing God will use to shape us into the person that he really wants us to be. Uh, because if it didn't happen, those things wouldn't have been revealed. We wouldn't have known. And so it ends up 
you know, sometimes it's that pain of the failure that leads to our greatest success. I mean, you think about like, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Thomas Edison and the light bulb, you know, it was like 10,000 light bulb experiments before he got the one that worked. And you think about, you know, all the voices in his head that were saying, eh, I think it's time to give up. Um, you know, but that's where, you know, you keep pushing through. And when you do, that's when God shows up. And then it's, it's like uh, completely world. So I guess that's my story of failure. There you go. Yeah. Goal. Goal. Thank you. Um, wow. So good. Deep. Um, so we'll hang a little bit. That's <laughs> oh, great. I, I love it. Um, let's hang a little bit of a right. And um, kind of what, what's like your understanding of kind of the water situation in the world? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty shocking. I mean, when you really think about it and you know, I don't know what number you're using. Uh, I've heard it's like 844 million people don't have uh, clean drinking water. I mean, whatever number you're looking at, it's, it's like, that's a lot of people, you know, and it's something I take for granted every day, you know, I mean, I got tons of water. I got endless amounts of water and uh, you know, it, it's like, that's not everybody's world, you know? So I think part of, uh, for those who do have water, it's like, you know, just getting out into someone else's world, recognizing like, like that's not normal. And sometimes it takes going to those places where you actually see it. And I've been to those places uh, and you're like, oh, you're, that's the water you use, you know? And of course, as a visitor to like another country, they tell you like, don't drink the water, you know, <laughs> and uh, stay away. And it's like, really, you know? Um, so it's, it's, a, it's one of those things I think, you know, it, 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 it's like the, uh, I mean, you have to have water to survive. Like you literally will not survive, you know, without it. And to think that that is a, uh, you know, for many, many people like that is, uh, something that they have to fight for on a daily basis, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and search and go on long treks, uh, to carry it back to their household. It's like, you know, that's a world most of us don't understand. And so, I mean, it, it kind of breaks your heart, you know? Yeah, it does. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's a justice issue. You know, the people who have the worst access and the worst quality spend the most amount of time and the most amount of the percentage of their income. And yeah. so there's such, an, there's such an opportunity there to demonstrate in a very wonderful way. Uh, and it's truly uh, not a handout. It's, just, it's, a, it's a platform for empowerment when, yeah. when you provide um, when people don't have the staples down um, water food housing uh, yeah those are uh, can can take someone's entire life just trying to take care of their staples 
And so there's such an opportunity there when you think about water infrastructure, you think about housing, you think about food. Very interesting, you know, Jesus said, Jesus alluded to this when he talked about um, giving a cup of water to someone. Uh, when, when, you right. think, when you think about the simple things, those are real, those are problems. There are, there are a lot of problems in the world, but at the top of the list would be, I don't have water, I don't have food, I have nowhere for my family to live. Yeah. So, and sometimes that's part of the problem that leads to other problems, you know, with like unsanitary situations and yeah. diseases. And so it just kind of, there's a trickle down effect of problems. And I think that's where, uh, you know, I love what you're doing with the, the church. And, and I love the fact that it's, it's the church doing it too, you know, through the ocean water network. It's like the people of God, you know, should be you doing this. And, uh, and also tie that to like, yeah, you're going to meet a physical need and you're, you know, start a new, uh, ocean, uh, drinking filtration system. But it's also like, yeah, while you do that, you're going to be telling people about the, uh, the water of life, you know, uh, the one who made the water and you know how he provides and it's like such a tangible expression of the gospel you know and you're distributing water but you're distributing so much more the real spiritual water that they need and uh, that's why i love Thanks. what you're doing thank you we we you, you look around the world there's hundreds and thousands of places actually that have a legitimate documented water crisis problem they have no church and there's a lifetime of literally no church for the, 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 the forgotten these groups of uh, 100 to 500 people terrible water no church right. that's where we i pray all the time you know lord send the laborers yeah into the harvest i have I, I, there's a there's there's a, i spend uh time right now with uh four different people three of them are in their 20s that are that are on their way to uh church planting and one thing one guy's in his early 30s um one thing that's been made loud and clear is is they they love jesus and people also want to be a part of solving actual tangible problems like right. water and housing and food and it's it's so interesting there's not a week that goes by that i have that i don't have to explain to someone why why we're not an ngo yeah why we're not just an ngo and why we're not just a church yeah and part of it is i have i have i have two hats i have a i have a public health background i also have a, a pastoral uh, calling that's the only way i can I can't explain it. And I was on a, I was on a journey for a few years and I would, um, I would talk with people that I really loved and really admired. And it was almost like people wanted to make me pick. Like you have to, mm. you have to do church, just do that or just 
do public health NGO platform. And, and yeah. I never felt, I always felt like I shouldn't, if this is the way God made me, why should I have to pick? So I'm on the journey of figuring that out, dude. <laughs> well, I love it. I love yeah. that. So yeah. it's, if it's, if it's not a paradox, sometimes I wonder if, uh, you know, it's not a, a God thing. God is full of paradoxes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's uh, it's probably the right place to be. Yeah. This has been, uh, this has been delightful. Thank you uh, for, for your time. Um, is there anything else that, and then I'd like to do this with you again. This is every time I, uh, even once in a while, it's like, you just know the conversation is not finished. So let's, let's file this away and yeah. We'll come back next time and talk about other stuff, but this is just going to be great. Um, um, is there anything, any last words from Ed today? Ed, what do you got? What, what do we need to hear from Ed today? Final words. Keep fighting the good fight. It's worth it. Don't give up. Thanks, dude. Love you, man. Thank you. Yep. Love what you're doing. Okay. Have a great day, Ed. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much. Dude, we'll see you. All right. Thanks so much. See you.